0: Hey gang, on this episode, we're launching off the debut edition of America's Sweetheart Month. You guys, as well as my wife, helped vote for the winner, America's Sweetheart, Matthew McConaughey, and in this film, he just won't move out of his parents' house. He even uses his parents to help scare off any of his clingy girlfriends, and his buddies are two-thirds of the wolf pack from Hangover, and these are the pre-wolf pack days, And the love interest Sarah, Jessica Parker, she fucks dudes and tricks them into finally moving out of their parents' basements, all while their parents pay for her to do it. Sounds like a great porno so far, huh? And she may have found her soulmate and is having second thoughts about her career choice. All this and Terry Bradshaw's big wrinkly ass. We are talking failure to launch, but first, let's jam. All oh, I hear some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. fine. And we're rolling. We're talking the 2006 classic, Failure to Launch. It's 96 sorta long minutes, directed by Tom Day. He's most well-known for this film, as well as Shanghai Noon, starring Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. Showtime, starring De Niro and Eddie Murphy, as well as Marmaduke. And that's another Owen Wilson classic. He's a talking dog in that film. And that wraps up Tom Day's filmography. Anyways, this particular movie stars Matthew McConaughey, of course, as well as the love interest Sarah and Jessica Parker. She is definitely most well-known for Sex in the City and one of my all-time spooky favorites, Hocus Pocus. And then we get Terry Bradshaw and Kathy Bates as Matthew McConaughey's parents in this film. Very bizarre choice, might I add. They are... Not the most uh, fun people to look at, if you will. So I don't know how these two hideous creatures could possibly create something as magnificent as Matthew McConaughey. Anyways, Terry Bradshaw, he is, of course, a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the 70s. And he is a pro football player turned comedian, apparently, or tries to be a comedian. And then, of course, we get Kathy Bates. And she is absolutely wonderful. She is known for Misery, a Stephen King classic, as well as uh, other titles uh, such as Fried Green Tomatoes. And one of my favorite TV shows, American Horror Story. She is in, I believe, all the seasons and absolutely amazing and creepy in each one. And, of course, I love to go ahead and discuss the posters as well as the DVD covers. And then we dive into the trailer before we watch and review the movie. As far as the post and the cover, they are both identical. Uh, for this one, it's just a simple, generic shot. We've got Matthew McConaughey. He's leaning on Sarah Jessica Parker. It looks like he's almost in the middle of a trust fall. Like it just occurred. And then they're dressed to the nines, and they uh, pretty much make the world's cutest fucking on-screen couple. And like I said, it's very generic. You do get some bright colors with the blue background and some... Some pink font, so it's nothing too exciting. Um, Anyways, into the trailer, we do have Matthew McConaughey. He is an obvious ladies' man. He likes to wine him, dine him, and then take him back home, where his dad walks in on him fucking. Matthew McConaughey lives at home at 35 years old, and he refuses to give up his lifestyle. Sarah Jessica Parker is here to save the day, though, guys, by going on a date with Matthew McConaughey. And she tricks him into moving out by having his parents make him do laundry, grocery shopping, all kinds of amazing domestic duties. She is starting to have second thoughts, though, about everything. What will happen in this rom-com with two beautiful blonde bombshells as the on-screen couple? <laughs> and, guys, that pretty much, that should be exactly what the fucking description of this film was because that's, that sums it up. And it's a rom-com with not so much romance, not so much comedy. I'm going to go with it as being a horror story because that sounds like a fucking horror movie if you, if you ask me. <laughs> Anyways, the budget for this film, this is all based off a Wikipedia ticket with a grain of salt, but it said it was $50 million. What the fuck was that money spent on? I know Matthew McConaughey is a good actor. He's well paid, but I'm pretty sure they didn't give this guy $49 million bucks. And it did gross $128 million, so not too shabby, not a bomb, actually not a bad gross for what you'd consider a romantic comedy, but like I said, what the fuck did they spend that budget on? I mean, they did end up doubling their money when it was all said and done and a little bit extra, you know? But goddamn, that was a lot of money to spend on this crap fest overall. But anyways, why it made this list... This would be my go-to chick flick when I was on a date, or try to be that sensitive guy who liked Matthew McConaughey movies. But come to find out, this guy has done much better movies, obviously, mostly some thrillers, and I, chicks dig those way more. So, And I always thought the concept of this movie was just absolutely insane and a little funny, uh, but not so far-fetched, because it seemed like, in a little personal note, that one of my brothers was actually destined to be a case of failure to launch. He didn't move out eventually, but much earlier than 35 years old, I might add, but still older than the norm. And it, it does also remind me of uh, recently in the news about that 30-year-old guy who was sued by his parents to move out after he literally refused to. And the parents won the case, and he has since moved out. He's become kind of a you know, global sensation or whatever, you know, kind of a flash in the pan, but he's still you know, and an internet sensation, so you can definitely keep up with his status, but I, I've heard that he's, you know, gained some fame through this all, and he's even gained a job offer where they gave him a potential signing bonus. I thought that was just ridiculous, you know, and if he's not back on his feet, I don't know what the fuck this guy wants, so <laughs> you ain't going back home, buddy, and so we've got the facts and the premise, now let's dive into this hot mess of a movie. And we get the opening credits. It starts with Matthew McConaughey on a hot date with some pretty lady. They're out to eat at a nice restaurant, and she starts feeding him his food. And side note, I've never been a fan of that. I think it's especially in public. It's just gross, and he looks like an oversized baby. And he should, the lady should be doing those, you know, airplane noises and shit like she's feeding him. So just ridiculous and, you know, she spots this older couple at the table next to them, and she gets a little bit jealous. You know, she wants to have what they have. You know, I want to be wrinkly and old and still fucking you 50 years later. And she asks Matthew McConaughey, where do you see this relationship going? And ever so smoothly, he replies, I see us going back to my place. So, you know, her parents, you know, have hit the floor by this point. Or, you know... <laughs> her her pants you know have pretty much hit have, have hit the fucking floor her panties are dropping, and you know you know pretty much we go off you know in his fancy car and they basically ride off you know into the sunset to go get it on and not only does he have a sweet ride, you know but he does take her to this really nice home in the suburbs, so she must have hit the jackpot you know they go upstairs and you now, She's tripping over each stairs. They're peeling off the layers practically and they jump in the bed and they get real hot and heavy when next thing you know, Terry Bradshaw fucking barges in and <laughs> just fucking tackles down the door. So He tells him to keep it down. Mom's asleep but have fun, kids. So she, the, the, the date is just freaked the fuck out. She is totally not into it anymore, as dry as it can be at this point. So and we discovered Matthew McConaughey does live at home, and this is his normal routine. Mom and Dad are even on, in on it, and they're used to this whole thing, you know, part of the whole spiel and the setup. You know, he basically, Matthew McConaughey, gets bored with these clingy girlfriends, and he decides to take them home to have the parents scare them off. So it's a whole deal, guys. He's thought this out long and hard, and he's successful. And, you know, Kathy Bates even says, another one bites the dust. So, you know, cue the Queen track, you know. Pretty much this lady's got to hit the fucking bricks. And cut to the next morning. Matthew McConaughey, you know, he wakes up in the middle of his giant-ass bed all alone. But he's got that big cheesy grin on his face. He's wearing nothing but his fucking whitey tidies. He's got his morning wood going. He doesn't give a shit. He's got what he wants, and that's that big bed to himself. He pops in the shower, and all while his mom is cleaning his room doing his laundry. Shit, she even gets a fucking fancy breakfast made for the guys and you know, this lady's a fucking all-star at this point. So but at the home Terry Bradshaw doesn't get any goddamn respect in his house. You know, Matthew McConaughey goes up and he steals the morning paper from him and you know, he dad stuck eating fucking porridge while everybody else gets to eat biscuits and gravy and all that yummy nonsense. And you know, after a big breakfast You know, Matthew McConaughey, he hops in his sweet ride. He cruises off to go to yoga class, of all fucking places. That's how he stays in such great shape, I guess. And this will be one of the many, many, many activities this guy does throughout the film. And he goes to meet up with his buddies, who he has all these adventures with. And it's two-thirds of the Wolfpack from the Hangover movies, pre-Wolfpack days. It's Bradley Cooper and Justin Bartha. And if you don't know who that is, that's the asshole from The Hangover. And the not funny one from those movies. So it's not the guy with the beard. I think we all know who that is, Zach Gilpinakis. So it's yeah, it's the other two guys, the other two clowns. And Matthew McConaughey when anyway, he's tells these guys, you know, the Wolfpack, about his date. And now we chase another one off via dad walking in walking in on him. So, you know, they eventually finish their yoga class and they have their chat over a nice lunch afterwards. And you know, they try to tell him, hey, you know. This is your fucking problem, dude. You're just afraid of love. And he says, fuck you guys. I love love. And he admits, you know, mostly just looking for a good time. But, you know, everyone has fun when it's all said and done. And that's all that matters. And, you know, we find out, you know, uh, found out the Wolf Pack also both live at home with their mom and dad. So these fucking guys all don't know how to be independent, I guess. So... Bradley Cooper calls him, you know, he calls himself a tumbleweed because he's a drifter who doesn't need a permanent residence. So he just settles with his folks while he's in town, only he never fucking travels. He doesn't go anywhere. And then Justin Bartha, he's somewhat successful, but I guess he's got some back issues and he uses his fucking weird orthopedic bed. So that's really how it's justified. But Matthew McConaughey says his life is just too perfect. You know, he's not paying any rent. You know, and so he just ain't moving out. And then we next thing, we cut to a barbecue scene, and it's at you know, the, the friend of Matthew McConaughey's parents, you know, Kathy Bates and Terry Bradshaw's buddies, you know, their friends are celebrating the fact that their 35-year-old son is finally moving out. And, you know, the dad, it's played by the, uh, Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day. And the character from that particular movie, so if you remember that movie, you know the scene, the looper, the guy just keep meeting up with him, and that that's this guy. So, <laughs> we got the glasses, he's fucking awesome. He's so pumped, because him and his wife, they get a fuck eight times a week now. That's gotta be some kind of a record. And so, you know, there's pretty much just used condoms and... Fucking comma Sutra books just literally all over the floors of this fucking house at this point. It is an empty nest, and it is fuckville, USA, you guys. And, you know, the other couples, they're just stuck with their kids who are in their 30s and who won't move out. And they want to know the secret. How'd you do this? You know, how'd you get these fucking assholes to move out so we can get our fuck on? And they inform the others that their sons just need to meet the right girl. And so, cue the right girl. We cut to the furniture store, or a furniture store, that is, where Kathy Bates is shopping for a new recliner. And Matthew McConaughey spots what could be the right girl. It's Sarah Jessica Parker. And she's, you know, across the store, he notices her. She just makes his grand entrance. And he goes to make his move. You know, he introduces himself to her. She explains, hey, fucko, I came here to the store to lay around and these fancy lazy boys with the built-in massagers. This is my way of relaxing once a week. And I don't want to be bothered, you know. I have to fucking bribe these store associates with fucking fancy Starbucks coffee. And it's just so they don't kick my ass out. And Starbucks ain't cheap, motherfucker. And so she wants her money's worth in relaxation time. She's paid for this shit practically. And by the way, we uh, Sarah, Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, her character's name is Paula. Matthew McConaughey is Trip. And so you might hear me kind of go uh, reference them as either the actor's name or even just the character's name. So keep up with me, guys. And they have a nice chat after he refuses to walk away. They even arrange for an official first date. So she just can't get rid of him, so she just says, fuck it, I'll go ahead and meet up with you on an official date. Which they decide, hey, why not just meet up here in a few days back at this fucking furniture store. And we can lay around on these fucking lazy boys some more. That people just want to purchase, but we're going to just get... So we're going to break him in real quick. We cut back to Sarah Jessica Parker at her apartment telling her roommate all about her day. And her roommate is play- played by, believe it's pronounced Zoe Deshnell, and who is always, in my opinion, just a motionless and a bitchy, robotish-type character. I'm not a huge fan of hers. You know, In Elf, she was okay, but she is like that female Seth Rogen, in my opinion, just always the same character, and the jokes get old real fucking quick, so she's not the worst, but she's not my favorite, so, you know, anyways, the ladies, they're drinking a glass of wine at the apartment, they're kicking back, they're having some girl talk about their day, and the guys that each of them have just met, so, and then anyways, we cut to Sarah Jessica Parker talking to Matthew McConaughey's parents, And so she's getting introduced to them. She explains how her whole setup works and the name of her program, Failure to Launch. And she says, you know, guys with low self-esteem, they just pretty much can't meet women or just need someone to fall in love with pretty much. And that's where she comes in. She pretends to fall in love and help restore that self-esteem so the guys feel up to the task of moving out and taking on the world by themselves. So she is a class act con artist, guys. And her rule, though, no sex. So she says after sex, what the hell motivation does a guy even have left? And touche, touche, well played. And she also tells the parents they need to make it less comfortable for Matthew McConaughey, make him do some domestic duties, be a big boy for once. And Paula Promises, it'll all will it will all work. You do this and it will work. God damn it! And cut to the next day. You know Matthew McConaughey, his character Trip. He's playing Madden on what looks like his PS2 for this this time, uh, for this these days. That is, that's probably what he was getting down on as a PS2 or maybe it was a first generation PS3. I don't know. This guy's got a few extra bucks, so you know he's got whatever the fucking fancy thing is at that time. And anyways, he's playing with. His nephew and the other guys from the Wolfpack are there hanging out. I guess they're just playing some, some tournaments or whatever. Anyways, Trip asks mom for some more chips and salsa for him and his buddies. But she says, hey, we're out. But you can go to the store and get some more. And then you can do your laundry, clean the bathroom, wash the dog, fucking whatever else. You know, milk the cow if we had one. I'm like, god damn, this lady's demanding And even the the guy's jaws drop, and Matthew McConaughey's buddies are like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with your mom, man? She can't do that. Can she do that? And these grown-ass men can't believe mom won't bring them a snack in their bedroom. (laughs) I'm like, you fucking lazy bums. Anyways, cut to Paul and Tripp's first official date, and it's not at the chair store, but they actually go on a sailboat, and they're about to have a nice picnic on a fancy sailboat. When we find out that the boat does not actually belong to Matthew McConaughey. He is a uh, he is actually a, a boat broker, and the boat belongs to a client of his. And it's Trip's job to sell that boat for this particular client. And you know, the client walks up to them, and he's kind of confused, obviously not happy, and he starts talking all this fancy, or you know, he starts asking what's going on, and we get. Paula, who starts talking all this fancy boat-lingo to him, and it just tickles the client's fancy. His frown is quickly turned upside down, and Matthew McConaughey just stands there in fucking shock. <laughs> Paula walks away, and she's, she says, Oh, I'll think about buying the boat after, you know, using dropping all these fucking fancy big words. And then the client tells him, Get your ass after her. That was exciting. And so, he, you know, Trip goes and chases her down, you know, and then we cut to... Matthew McConaughey dirt biking with his fucking buddies, the the wolf pack. They're cruising along when he crashes into a tree stump. And out of nowhere, he just goes flying. (laughs) They go get the bike, and they go back by the stump. And they spot a friendly chipmunk just chilling on the tree stump. And Bradley Cooper makes best buds with this little fucking rodent. You know, he's feeding it a cashew or some kind of nut. And Matthew McConaughey, he offers this chipmunk some chocolate of all things, and I'm thinking that can't be the healthiest choice. And all hell just breaks loose at this point. The fucking chipmunk clings onto his goddamn wrist and bites down and just will not let go. <laughs> and we cut to trip picking up Paula from her place. She's super excited, uh, to, you know. She just, or he's super excited. She's super excited, but you know he's more excited than to tell her about his fucking exa- insane animal attack that he just had that day so she's like what the hell just happened and oh okay you're attacked by a chipmunk that's got to be a first and you know before they go on their date though he gets introduced to the roommate uh, Zoe whose character is named Kit by the way so I'll probably refer to her as that quite a bit she tells them about some bird that won't stop chirping outside of her window at night some mockingbird and she is sick of that mocking god it and you know, she's literally on the edge by this point. She is about a half bottle of Jack Daniels away from going on a bird rampage. No joke. And, you know, plenty more to follow on Kit versus the bird, I promise. But anyways, Paula, you know, first Paula and Trip they go out again on, on this next day. Their second one, if we're keeping track here and keeping tabs. This time they go to a Chinese place. And Matthew McConaughey's having a hell of a time trying to use chopsticks with his injured hand. You know, rather to ask for a fork. You know, he he's using that goddamn wounded hand, that nub, with little to no feeling left in his fingers, and you know he starts flicking fucking shrimp and rice all over the place, and you know he's throwing it on all of his fucking nearby people, the neighbors next to him, and they're like, "Dude, really? Here's a fork. Here's a spoon. Come on now, let's be let's be civil and chivalry here. Let's come on. God damn it, you're being rude." Anyways, Trip finally gets curious about Paula, and ask what she does for a living. You know, she makes up a great lie, and she says, I work with special needs kids. And that sounds to me like a real subtle way of saying Matthew McConaughey may have some mental problems or special needs of some sort. So, (laughs) anyways, they end the date back at the doorstep, uh, back at her doorstep, that is, where they share their first kiss, and it's magical, it's under the stars, and it's super duper sweet and just so fucking cute. And then we cut the trip talking to a couple about a potential boat sale. So he's real excited and jazzed up on cloud nine. You know, he's working with, you know, on a sale, And, you know, he's trying to have them decide if they're, you know, what kind of couple they are. Are they a power couple or a finesse couple? You know, evaluate yourselves. The husband, of course, wants power. You know, he's wearing this light purple polo, got the total dad bod going on. And then the wife calls him, you know, a purple pussy and says, we'll take the finesse, asshole. And then, you know, anyways, Paula calls, you know, Trip up about her sick dog out of nowhere, like he is some kind of miracle worker, or at least a, some kind of a good, soul, a good shoulder to cry on, that is. And he must be, because he's a goddamn gentleman, he drops everything, and we cut to the vet's office. She is doing a great job of fake crying, and Actually, she's doing a piss-poor job, that is, to be honest, and (laughs) she is just doing a really piss-poor job of her fake crying, and, you know, convincing enough, I guess, because he sure as shit believes it. I guess he's more than kind of stunned as to what's going on. She's just thankful that he's there, and he can be the support system through all this, and she says, I do need a moment just to say goodbye forever, and so he walks out, and then, (laughs) I don't know if she slipped the vet a $100 bill or whatever, but... We do find out that the dog is getting a shot, but he's only being put to sleep for 30 minutes, so it's just going to be a nap for him. And you know, I guess you know in my opinion that the dog was the best part of this whole goddamn movie, and he's a trooper for having to do some bullshit like that. But he was a cute dog. I'm definitely a dog lover for sure. And you know what? What better way to get over your dog's fake death than with a friendly slash deadly game of paintball? And, you know, Trip is teaching Paula how to use a paintball gun and have a quick trigger finger. You know, tells her no retreat, no surrender, seek and destroy. They are fucking Terminators all of a sudden. It seems like I don't know where this came from. But anyways, before the paintball war ensues, you know, she accidentally s- shoots Justin Bartha in the foot. <laughs> Only he's wearing some Velcro sandals, so she shoots him in the big fucking toe. And I'm thinking, who the fuck paintballs, and velcro sandals. That is not a fashion statement you want to make, my friend. And as soon as the paintball death match starts off, you know, his character, whose name is Ace, by the way, good old Ace, he notices Kit in the stands, and he's getting too distracted, doesn't happen to see the 15 other players that are aiming their fucking weapons at his face, and they all shoot him at once. He gets nailed about a total of 176 times, and he's eliminated, DQ'd, goes and talks to Kit. You know, she pulls a BYOB cuz she's about halfway through this six pack of fucking Miller Lite or whatever it is when he asks for one and she rudely says no and literally just walks away from him and you know, cue the chirping crickets cuz he just kind of stands there real awkwardly. <laughs> and then you know back at the camp, the paintball course, Matthew McConaughey is eliminated. He gets fucking shot down and Uh, We see Sarah Jessica Parker. She is all alone to defend herself as one other guy left to go, and she does a nice job. She sneaks up on the last guy, and she uses her quick trigger skills like a pro, and she is declared the champion. And she celebrates, you know, she goes off and has some girl gossip with Kit, and she admits if her life wasn't all fake, then this day would have been actually pretty good. It would have been, but it's fake, so. But if it was real, it would have been great you know, <clears throat> Tripp's buddies all adore her. You know, they are all drooling over her and how fun she is. And, and you know, she's telling Kit that, hey, he is flying through the steps in her evil plan. So everything's working like a charm so far in Failure to Launch, guys. And tomorrow, the next step is for him to teach her something new. So she's got her next step and the agenda ready to go. And we cut to a sailboat at sea and we see Matthew McConaughey teaching her some sailing secrets with some more fancy sail lingo. And, you know, she's real excited to learn how to officially sail as she's steering by herself. So she's got the, the little, little, I don't know the fucking term, the little steering wheel. She's, you know, cranking it, spinning it. She's got a big fucking grin going. But anyways, once again, Matthew McConaughey admits, this ain't my boat. So we cut to dry land, and they're enjoying fresh seafood next to the sea. And personal side note, I am not a huge seafood fan, honestly. But I've always, and I mean always wanted to try some of that good seafood that is so fresh that it, you can literally see the water it came from. And I'm not talking some crappy lake, guys. I want some of that goddamn good shit, some of that fucking crab legs. I want to try some of that good shit where it's caught in front of you practically. You know, and she suggests that, hey, why don't you buy this boat? We had such a good day. You know, what's going Why don't you just own this motherfucker? And, you know he says? He says, I prefer an old wooden boat. But he says it you in know, his slow southern accent, so an old wooden boat. I can't do it. You know, but you know what I'm saying. He says, you know, old boats are best because you can connect with them and the previous owner. So you feel like you're a part of the old times at sea. You're real cheesy cliche shit, and they share a sweet kiss, and I probably have some chunks of crab meat still, not all the way chewed up, so I'm like, that's disgusting, and so we cut back to, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker's back at her place, and she's talking to the roommate, she admits to being confused how he still lives at home, you know, he's got a good job, good social skills, he's sweet, and he's a fucking hunk, and she gets that Eva looked back in her eye and said she's got him right where she wants him. (laughs) Hey gang, real quick, want to give a big thank you to the creator of our opening and closing theme songs, musical genius Dan Pfeiffer. If you enjoy those tracks, you can listen to them along with many more of his at the app Reverb Nation. Search his channel name, Dan Pfeiffer. That's spelled P-F-E-I-F-E-R. Dan the man, thanks again. So we cuts to Matthew McConaughey with his shirt off, of course, in the water. He's chilling with his buddies, and he just lays out his feelings in the best way possible. And we cut to my favorite quote of the movie. It's over. She's got to go. you dumping Paula? What happened? Same thing that always happens. Everything's going along nice and smooth or having a good time, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets serious. Oh. Oh guys, I love his fucking accent. The whole southern twang is just awesome. She's got a gal. I fucking love it. So that is that is just my favorite. So anyways, his buddies, they remind him, "Hey, you're reverting back to your old ways, you know, leaving the girl for no damn good reason at all." But they get distracted by some dolphins that are swimming nearby these guys. They're you not know, just sitting on their fucking surfboards in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> and they get distracted. These dolphins swim up And apparently, Bradley Cooper is fluent in dolphin. You know, he starts making some noises, and they start having a full-on conversation in the the, the fucking dolphin's native tongue. (laughs) And then suddenly, a dolphin pulls Matthew McConaughey underwater and starts dragging him along by his fucking ankle. (laughs) You know, his buddies refuse to help. They're just sitting there, and next thing, it just... This thing spits his leg out and he swims back to his buddies, hops back on his surfboard and cuts to Matthew McConaughey driving with his lady paula and once again he's eager to tell her about how he was viciously attacked by another animal, so round two with an animal and Matthew McConaughey is 0 for two guys, and you know she you know he brings her back to his place, you know he's over all this shit, so he's ready to, know, cue the routine, Uh, and he, she thinks, you know, she sees this big ass house, she thinks, oh, this is super nice, you know, maybe eight banjos as much for a single guy, but who cares, this is Matthew McConaughey, for fuck's sake, you know, he offers up a drink, you know, they step into the kitchen where mom and dad are making dinner, and everyone seems a little bit caught off guard by the whole thing, and you know, she says, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mom and Dad. And he, she asks, you know, do you guys live together? We all stay here? What's going on? And they say, yepers, and you got a problem with it? And she says, nope, and agrees to Mom's invite to stay for dinner even. So she ain't going anywhere. And Matthew McConaughey, he's, he's resilient, though. He keeps trying to show her, hey, look. Look at my mom, you know, she's making dinner. She does this every night before she tucks me in for night-night time. So he ain't giving up, guys. But neither does she. She doesn't even budge, as a matter of fact. And so him and dad, Terry Bradshaw, they step outside for a sec, go have a nice little talk, and the gals have a little lady chat. You know, Kathy Bates, you know, mom, she tells Paula, you know, whatever you're doing ain't working because this is how he... Trip scares off the ladies. He he uses mom and dad as a scare tactic, and so she says, you know, her tactic to preventing all this though is to play tonsil hockey with him. And so she sneaks off with Trip, and they start just fucking making out and getting it on, and all while his parents sit downstairs and listen to the whole thing. Ew, <laughs> you know. He warns they you know that they might hear us, you know trip so he's kind of paranoid and you know and and she says, Why are you worried? you know, are you a screamer? And oh my effing god, major ew to that fucking quote. So the night ends with Matthew McConaughey letting out a weird tiger growl and fade to a black screen. And we cut to the next morning and Paula has to take that glorious walk of shame but she does so with a big grin on her face. So another Matthew McConaughey satisfied customer. <laughs> Anyways, Kathy Bates, you know, she sees Paula trying to sneak out. And she tells her, or she tells the mom, hey, Trip, your son, he's right on track. And you should be proud of him, wink, wink. And we cut to the roommate of hers, you know, kit. She's shopping for a gun. And she's wanting to shoot this bird, you know, outside that window. So she means business. You know, so we walk up, she walks up to the gun salesman, who is played by Rob Caudry. You know, he's the bald guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. He's super, is super fucking funny. And as always, does a great job in this particular film. You know, he laughs at her for calling shotgun shells bullets. And that, that was probably the most genuine LOL moment I got in his face his reaction to that. So... Um, you know, he asks what she's shooting and she says, oh, I just need one bullet, you know, not a whole box. He gets super freaked the fuck out and says, Hey, I get sad too. Sometimes, you know, I can give you a hotline number to call if you need me to. And she says, no, no, no fucking asshole. I just want to kill this mockingbird. And he flips the fuck out. He's, he has to remind her of the book to kill a mockingbird ever heard of it and says, no way you can kill one of those damn things. And she apparently thinks the book is a how-to guide on how to kill them, I guess. So, anyways, she says, you know, the Sixth Amendment allows her to buy a gun whenever the hell she wants. He has to remind her, though, that that Sixth Amendment is the right to a speedy and public trial. So, nicely played, Rob. Nicely played. And in strolls Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker, who is happy-go-lucky, of course. And she tells the roommate what went down the night before. And the roommate has to ask, you know, did you have an orgasm? And Rob Cawdry, he just drops a bunch of goddamn bullets all over the counter when he hears this. He gets a little bit too excited in the background. And we cut to Tripp and the boy shopping for new bicycles. So like I said, these guys go on all kinds of wild and crazy adventures together. They do everything as a group, as a posse. Anyways, you know... He says, you know, Tripp admits, I tried to end it, but the sex was so damn good, and he doesn't know what to do at this point. And so we cut to them, Paula and Trip, you know, or excuse me, cut to Paula, but she's on a date with another guy, one of her other clients, who is played by Patton Oswald of all guys, but fitting for her career choice, because his character name in this movie, he doesn't even have a real name, he's just known, he, when he got the script, he... You know, he auditioned for the guy named Techie Guy. So he doesn't even get to be a real fucking person. He gets to be Techie Guy. And, you know, they share a bond over being dog owners. So that's a genuine thing to bond over. And, you know, she, you know, he starts to cry saying, you know, he's so fat and he's so ugly, but he's so lucky to be with her. And she tells him, hey, you know, you're great and you're handsome. Any girl will be so lucky to be with you. And, you know, she even... Drop some Star Wars references. And his little chubby round face just starts glowing. (laughs) And so he walks away to go pee or whatever. Clean his fucking pants up. And anyways, you know, Justin Bartha, he was sitting there, you know, just across the way. I guess this might be his favorite coffee shop as well. And he sits down at the table, makes himself at home. And he says, you know, what the fuck are you up to? And I was, she tries to say, I always just having lunch with a friend. But he says, oh, I noticed you were touching hands with your friend. And so he decides to blackmail her because he knows something's up. And he says, I won't admit to anything, but I want a date with the roommate. So he wants to go out with Zoe. He wants to go out with Kit. And so we cut to Kit slamming the door in his face. She calls him a geek who lives with his mom and is upset she didn't get a date with Bradley Cooper, goddammit. At least give me the cute friend. And anyways... Paula convinces her to go on a date with him, and they do go on a date, you know. And on their date, they go to some awesome aquarium. It looks like they're having a good time. You know, she spills the beans and tells him the truth about Paula's job, about, you know, she blames it on, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker having a failed relationship in the past where a guy refused to move out of his parents' home. So now it's her mission to fix all the other losers, as she puts it. You know, she also tells him about that damn bird outside of the window. He offers to, you know, I got a BB gun and i will got some shooting skills if you need them. And back at her place, she has the BB gun locked and loaded. She tells him, you know, Kit is short, is for Catherine. And she asks, you know, is Ace short for Asa Rooney? He says, oh, no, 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 no. It's a nickname I got growing up. You know, up until I turned 10, when both my balls finally dropped. So up until this point, you know, he only had one of his balls that dropped, I guess. So, what the hell? Anyways, we find out Ace, is, he gets his nickname because he only had one ball, basically, until he was fucking in middle school. Anyways, Kit gets super turned on by this. They start to have a quick makeout session, but they hear the bird. And he decides, hey, we gotta take this fucking thing out. And so, they crank this gun, he fucking locks loads, cocks back, and boom, takes the goddamn Mockingbird out cold. They go outside, they grab it, they're feeling super guilty for doing this, and cue a terrible movie gag where someone gives an animal CPR. It is god-awful, and the only funny part is probably his facial expression, where he is obviously fucking grossed out by kissing this half-dead bird. So, like, it's a terrible gag you see in films, but like I said, at least his facial expression's priceless for this fucking type of scene. And anyways, this gets them super horny or whatever, and back to them making out. And we cut to Paula and Tripp, along with his nephew at a baseball game. And, you know, she's lying and... She says, hey, my phone was off yesterday because I was with a one of my lady friends, you know, one of my girlfriends. So no big deal. I wasn't doing anything, you know, you should worry about. So anyways, a little dude, you know, he wants just a fuck ton of junk food. So him and Matthew McConaughey, they take off to go get some grub. And Bradley Cooper, he tagged along with them or whatever. So he scooches on over next to her. And starts drilling into her about how he knows the whole dating is BFF for money. And she doesn't have all the facts about this guy. And so he says the nephew is actually Matthew McConaughey's ex-fiance's son. And she is actually the ex because she died six years ago. And he is still a part of the kid's life. And so we cut back to Paula at her place, and she's feeling shitty and lousy about what she's been doing to trip. And she just wants to end this while she can. You know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole any further. And, you know, she tells the roommate all about it, you know. As they're chatting, a toilet flushes, though, and Paula asks, who the fuck was that? And and Kit says, oh, it's Philip, a.k.a. Ace, a.k.a. One Ball Man. Anyways, he strolls in wearing Kit's robe, and she demands, you know, get back in the goddamn bed, or did I tell you you can come on out? So she is just absolutely controlling, and he's pussy-whipped. He doesn't care. Anyways, we cut to Tripp and Bradley Cooper, whose character, his name is Demo, by the way. So we get some pretty interesting fucking character names. And sorry, I forgot to throw that out there earlier. So we got Ace and Demo, the two-thirds of the wolf pack, as you guys know him as. And they're playing a game of 2 on 2 basketball at the park against, you know, some couple of local 7-footers. <laughs> Anyways, you know, Demo admits, hey, you know, I told Paula all about your ex and how she died. And Matthew McConaughey just does not like what he hears, you know. <laughs> and Bradley Cooper decides to tell the other his opponents, those random fucking 7-foot guys, about the dead fiancé as well. And they say, hey, it's okay. If you want to cry, we'll just turn around. We won't watch. And Matthew McConaughey, he is livid, dude. He is not having this. And Bradley Cooper says, hey, you got to move forward, man. And, you know, he just can't keep a secret. And, you know, he also tells him about how Sarah Jessica Parker and her little fake dating thing that she's got going on and the parents are paying him to do all this. And so he says, hey, despite everything I just told you, I still think you guys have a good shot. And you should look past all the lies and just, you know, look towards the future. And so we cut to Matthew McConaughey, and he's ferociously slicing and dicing up some dinner. He's getting ready for a crazy evening. So Matthew McConaughey is just whipping up something fucking crazy in the kitchen. Mom and dad can't even believe this motherfucker is cooking. They say, hey, this shit smells good. But we see him, he's just tossing shit all over the kitchen he's got rolls going in the oven he's cracking an egg and he's dicing carrots so i'm thinking what the fuck is for dinner with this kind of random bullshit you got lying around and we hear a little knock 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 at the door it's paula and she's surprised to find out that mom and dad are going to be there for dinner as well and she walks into the kitchen she exchanges some sugar with matthew mcconaughey they give a little sweet love and kiss and then she says, uh, he says it is that I got a family meal in the works, guys. So kick back and relax. We're getting ready to enjoy. And after all that he did in the kitchen, I guess we find out he makes a pot roast or whatever. After all that random shit he throws in there. Anyways, uh, he gives a big toast. Says thank you to all and I love you guys so much. He tries to sit down so they can decide they can finally sit down to eat. But he's eager. He's got more to say. He says a bunch of cliche, romantic bullshit and nonsense and suggests that, hey, Paula, why don't we move in together? And she nearly fucking chokes on a bite of her roll. And he says, hey, you know, let's, you know, I got the greatest parents of all time on Earth, and I hope that one day you and I, Paula, can be half as good as parents as them to our future babies. And... You know, Tripp's plan is basically to add on to mom and dad's house. He wants Paula to move in with them, of all fucking things. And the rest of them just start to panic. We see Matthew McConaughey says, Hey, you know what? The best part of all this, though, mom and dad, you can stop paying Sarah Jessica Parker to be my girlfriend. So, ooh, busted, guys. Hey, real quick, guys! Before we go any further, I just want to apologize. I know the audio's been a little bit weird at times throughout this episode. I didn't have my pop filter going at times, so I apologize if the audio was not the best. But, anyways, rolling on. We just found out that Trip knows everything. Mom and Dad and Sarah Jessica Parker are busted. Trip says, "I'm out of here, guys." He leaves that stunned crowd hanging at the dinner table. He goes outside in the pouring rain. He hops in a sweet ride. Paula, she's not far behind. You know, he gives um, all the cash he has in his wallet, basically. You know, he says, here's your daily pay. And, you know, he literally tells her, get the fuck out of the car. She's stunned. She hops out. And he cruises away, and she's literally just left in the rain, and the 300 bucks he gave her is just sitting there getting poured and rained on. And it's lying out in the street. And so I'm thinking, hey, the next day someone's going to be a lucky duck. Because they're going to come by and find 300 bucks just lying there. Anyways, cut to trip hanging out with his nephew. You know, the little guy's telling him, hey, you know, my grandparents pay for my babysitter to hang out with me. And I still like her, so get over it, dude. <laughs> and, you know, Matthew McConaughey says, you know what? And he compares women to boats. He says, they're a waste of money, time, and in the end, she'll just break your heart. And his nephew calls him a little bitch and says, you know what? When you say shit like that, that's the reason you still live with your parents, buddy. Anyways, cut to Paula talking to Tripp's parents. She gives them all of that money back that she, they've paid her. She feels horrible. She tries to say, "No, I got a little bit cocky. I thought it was an open and shut case, but... Kathy Bates says, Honey, you're in love, that's what the problem really is. And so we cut to Trip and the Wolf Pack, they're rock climbing, and I told you guys told you guys, these fucking dudes, these buddies, they definitely live a fun lifestyle. They damn near do everything together. Trip, you know, he's working his way up the rocks when suddenly he is bit on the hand by some kind of a goddamn lizard. Out of nowhere. And so he lets, you know, he lets go, he flies down the wall, and he drops to the ground, and Mother Nature is still undefeated against this guy. And then we cut to Sarah Jessica Parker. She's moping around her apartment. Her roommate, you know, Zoe, you know, she tells her, hey, it's time to quit being sad, goddammit. But, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker says she's moving out, she needs a new start, and her roommate says, well, where are you going to go? And funny enough, Sarah Jessica Parker, her character Paula, is moving back home to her parents' house. So who's the loser now, goddammit? Anyways, back at the rock wall, Trip, you know, he's finally coming out of his little mini-coma, and Bradley Cooper tells him, you know what, you're 0-3 versus Mother Nature, something in your life has a changed. That's a sign, buddy. And then we find out that uh, Justin Bartha is mad, his character, at Matthew McConaughey, because... Tripp has been a selfish friend this whole time. He won't ask him about his relationship and how it's going. And you know, he, he says, you know what? I'm not actually a loser like you think I am. I actually own my house. I bought it for my mom and I get some kind of a sweet tax benefit. So this guy's a fucking genius. And he says, you know what, Bradley Cooper, he you know, he's chosen to live this life of being at home and you know, not having a permanent address, so yeah, he's chosen to be a bum, but you know what, the most important thing is, you know, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper cuts him off and says, you know what, fuck all that, the bottom line is, you know, the Wolfpack, we're happy, but you, Meth McConaughey, you're not, and that's what's missing in your life, dude, and we cut to Trip back at his parents' house, you know, he's been pondering what they've been saying, and he goes back home to chit-chat t- with his mom and dad, he doesn't know where they're at, though, he's looking around the house for them, and Suddenly, he hears some rap music coming from one of the bedrooms and he goes in to check it all out. And it's Terry Bradshaw! So apparently, he's a Snoop Dogg fan. And he's just chilling, you know, jamming out. And he's feeding his fucking fish in this room. Only he's bare ass naked. And we get a shot of his bubble butt. Luckily, no full frontal nudity, so it's softcore porn, guys. You'll have to wait for a future episode if you want to get the review on the the Terry Bradshaw sex tape. So I'm sure there's one out there. God damn it. There's got to be. That big bubbly ass is all over Hollywood. It's got to be, you know, on the fucking, you know, u porn or whatever. Anyways, we find out that this is Matthew McConaughey, you know, his character Tripp's old bedroom. But in the few days that he's literally been gone, literally just a couple of days tops, This whole room has been transformed into what is now known as the naked room. So so Terry Bradshaw basically hangs out in there all day, feeds his fish while his dick's just swinging in front of him, and he just has a grand old time. You know, he tells his son, hey, uh, you know, we loved having you here. You know, we thought about telling you that it's time to go, but... They didn't know when it was the right time because they were still worried about him coping with, you know, his ex, his, her death, and they just didn't know the right way to present it. But they heard about Paula from one of their friends, and they thought this may be the cure-all for everyone. And it just seemed easier. So let's trick you to fall in love, son. It seemed like the easier thing to do than just telling you how we fucking feel. Anyways, Matthew McConaughey compliments the naked room, and then he goes in for a big ol' handshake from his dad and then anyways we get one final shot of that glorious wrinkly buns of fucking terry bradshaw before we go to the next scene which is matthew mcconaughey going to talk to mom and mom kathy bates she apologizes for everything she feels just terrible she confesses you know she dreaded the day that her baby boy would finally move out but mostly because she's fucking terrified of living alone with Terry Bradshaw and that damn naked room he's got. We cut to Kathy Bates and everyone, minus Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, she's plotting something at her house how to get this couple back together. And then we cut to Paula at her apartment, and she's officially moving out, so she was true to her word. She needs a fucking fresh start and a clean slate. She's saying goodbye to her roommate, Kit. But first, they share this really unusual apology. They basically both call each other bitches and then hug it all out. And then kick decides to drive her to the airport. But she says, we need to stop by Ace, my boyfriend's house, for a sec. And they go on inside. But then they lock Paula inside. They trick her. And so that she's locked into Ace's house. And they have a little note on the window that says, look inside the closet. And so I told you guys, this is a horror story. It it only gets scarier. So anyway, she opens the closet, and she finds Trip is all tied up and his mouth is taped shut. And we find out also that Ace has rigged a bunch of cameras in his place to spy on them and to see what they say or do. So it's only getting creepier. And Paula tries to talk to Trip. You know, she says she wanted to come clean when she found out about the dead ex. But he actually found out about her truth before she could tell him you know he does eventually accept the apology, but he asks you know how many other dudes came before him You know that way they could maybe have a little support group and they can get through this together you know he says um you know he wants to know, has it been a handful of dudes like a basketball team?" Or has it been a few more like the entire Chinese population? <laughs> so, I mean, this, that's not a question you want to ask any lady because you're usually going to get the answer you don't want. So, anyways, she reminds him, you know, hey, guess what, motherfucker? Your your mommy still tucks you in at night. So, and not only that, but she called me. So it's not my fault we met each other. You need to blame them. But Anyways, at this point, we've also found out that Justin Bartha... You know, he rigged a bunch of cameras, and so he has that a webcam show going on at this little cafe, and he's got hundreds of people that are tuning in to see this whole fight slash apology that's going on, and, and Tripp says, you know, he cares about Paula, but he fell in love with a fraud, and he doesn't even know who the fuck she even is, and she says, you know what, you've changed me, though, for the better, you know, you're you are the best part of me. Her her life is literally better when he's around. So it's all that cheesy bullshit. Anyways, they officially kiss. They make up all that jazz. And all the web viewers are going nuts. They're rooting for this on-screen couple. And they love it to, to see them kiss. And then we cut to Paula and Trip. They're sailing at sea. Doing their favorite fucking hobby together. You know, they're celebrating. He cracks a big old bottle of champagne. You know, he calls her... Paula, that the captain of the, the boat, and he says, "Where are we heading, Captain?" And so she goes to adjust the sail, and but but the fucking wind catches it and just knocks his ass out of the fucking boat into the water, and then he's you know trying to swim for dear life, and out of nowhere, the vicious dolphin from earlier on comes out of nowhere, and rather than attacking him, they play nice, and so Mother Nature has finally surrendered to fucking dear old Matthew McConaughey, and then. You know what would have been an, a better alternate ending, though, in my opinion? And that's fucking Jaws coming out of the sea and just gobbling his ass up. It would have made the much better version. But I'm sure the test audience, which is mostly teenage girls, of course, would have demanded a happier ending. And so we get, you know, cue a bunch of cheesy songs, and then we get the fucking roll credits and all as well. The guy gets the girl... And that's a wrap on Failure to Launch. And that is Failure to Launch, guys. A quick take on the film. Not nearly as good as I remember. You know, I'm sure by the end of this month, I'll definitely have a new favorite Matthew McConaughey movie. So, definitely a to be continued for that. And it does have a few funny moments. You know, mostly the, the facial expressions or reactions the characters make just based on something stupid going on around them. You know, not not really a huge fan of Sarah Jessica Parker as the lead, you know, for this role or for this film, that is. You know, the, the the role of the love interest, that is. You know, there just wasn't the best chemistry between her and Matthew McConaughey. And then even Terry Bradshaw was not funny whatsoever. You know, I do, I'm a football fan. I do watch him you know, during the pre-show segments, and he's pretty enjoyable, he's real funny, real just a natural guy when he's on the, on that set, but for this particular set, it just, there was nothing natural, his delivery just fucking sucked most of the time, and, you know, he, he did have a couple of parts, you know, the big wrinkly ass definitely, you know, grabs your attention, makes you fucking chuckle, um, you know, just... <laughs> You know, without even really wanting to fuck, you just can't, it's like a car crash, you can't look away for some god-awful reason, but anyways, Kathy Bates, she was great, you know, as always, you know, she's always enjoyable, though I won't say, you know, I, so I won't say anything bad about her, um, I, like I said, in the beginning of the show, she's not the the best, you know, looking woman, sorry to say it, that's just my goddamn opinion, but I honestly believe she could play that actress of being a mom who could give birth to any Hollywood hunk simply because she is that fucking amazing. So she is actually, you know, she's not a bad-looking lady, honestly, but acting-wise, you know, she is fucking on point. She is amazing. She's diverse and multi dimensional. so she's awesome. But overall, this film, it's a really simple plot, Uh, you know, a story about a guy who overstays his welcome with his parents it's a situation a lot of people can relate to in some sense but you know the rest of the story just gets really fucking stupid from there and just falls flat on its face so just a total dud in a sense um you know i love to do the one to five star recommends one being shit five being hey you should definitely own this motherfucking film it's a classic. By my standards, anyways. But anyways, I'm going to go mid-range on this one with a three star. It's neither a good movie or a bad movie, necessarily. It's a Matthew McConaughey romantic comedy. That is literally all you need to know, and that you will walk away with a few giggles and a smile because the good guy got the girl in the end. And I think it can make for an okay date night movie. My wife honestly was a little bit bored throughout so I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the month goes and maybe she'll throw a suggestion in there for us and we'll get to enjoy one together. So anyways, uh, it does make you feel slightly you know, better about yourself for being independent and not living in your parents' basement after you've watched this particular film. And if you do live in your parents' basement, my apologies, but this movie was made for you. It is your life story. Minus all the whining and the dining and the stealing sailboats, but hey, I'm sure you guys—if you do live at home—you you probably have plenty of exposure of your dad's big ass walking about. Anyways, if you haven't seen this film or if you want to go back and rewatch it and you don't have it in your collection, you can definitely add it for about five dollars ish. You know, for most of the DVDs anywhere, or for, for the DVD almost anywhere. And if you want, of course, I can say stream on Voodoo. It's on there for about three bucks. And next week's clue, Matthew McConaughey is seeing ghosts. So we're continuing on with America's Sweetheart Month. We're talking more Matthew McConaughey films. And in this next one, he's seeing ghosts. And heads up, gang, breaking news. This just in, there is another channel that I'm starting. It's called kid power podcast and that should be available in the coming weeks Um, it's definitely going to be available on anchor and then over time it's going to be published on more and more i'll let you know when it's on itunes but definitely will be on anchor as soon as episode one is available and stay tuned for that i'll definitely be letting you guys know more but essentially what it is it is a podcast saluting 90s kids tv shows and movies This was an era of kid power, and we are going to relive the good old days, the 90s. So I'll raise the roof, we'll get down, and we'll just have a good time. Things will be tight. And thanks as always, guys, for listening and to be continued. Before I go, I want to thank you all again for taking the time out to listen to my show. This is something I'm super excited about and passionate about. And forever grateful for you to be on this creative journey with me. You can continue to do so on Anchor, which were all of our episodes will be available on for free. Our Twitter handle is GPMChannel. Channel is spelled out. YouTube is GPM Podcast. And the most interactive way to discover us will be on our Facebook page, which is going to have all the voter polls up, lots of different posts and videos, and... Of course, in the near future, you can discover us on Patreon, which will have some of our bonus episodes and some new segments, which we'll be creating. But thank you guys again, and stay tuned. Thank you.